It's Ten Times the Terror. Hello and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. I'm not okay. Hello, hello, and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. I'm James. I'm Paul. And I'm Gwen. And today we will be slicing and dicing our way through the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Uh, we're going to talk about the new one, which is Dropped the The, and it's just Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is the new 2022 film on Netflix. And we're also going to discuss the original, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, released in 1974. Kind of give our thoughts on both. Um, so I, I guess, I mean, I guess we'll start kind of talking about the new one and I guess for the sake of it, we'll just kind of go right into it. So if you haven't seen the movie, it is on Netflix. It's available to watch now. Um, you know, I, I think, I, I think, you know, talking about the plot and talking about the plot of the original, you know, you kind of have to go right into it. So if you haven't seen the movie and you are curious to check it out and don't want anything spoiled, this is our spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about both movies in depth. Um, so right off the bat, we'll just say yeah, this new movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was released on February 18th, 2022. Apparently it went through a lot of different directors sort of coming in and out. So I think there was a lot of shakeup with the production of this film. Um, but it's directed by David Blue Garcia um, and has both story and production by Fede Alvarez, who I like him. He directed the new Evil Dead remake as well as Don't Breathe. So I was sort of curious when i heard he was involved with it but i'll just flat out say i hated this movie i thought this was absolutely trash i would have to say i had i had major problems with it too i think um just a couple of interesting themes got picked up uh not always adequately developed the whole idea that you've got this um group of uh, young adults who are going to um uh redo a, a kind of what's become a rundown town you know take them take the buildings away from the people who've lived in them and uh, they find that an actual, that this one woman actually has a deed to the town. Uh, that is an interesting idea because that's still the idea that the um, the upper classes are the ones that are most susceptible to these uh, evil temptations. That's a running theme in all of the not all, but I mean many of the classic Hammer films, whether it's you know Baron Frankenstein, Count Dracula, or Hugo Baskerville. So they they touch on that, which is which could have been more developed. And I also thought, before I get to the general thing, that the um, a, a number of the sequences I thought worked. They were tense. Uh, there was good suspense. Um, but by and large, it's it it is just this. As you say, it's trash. It's this idea uh, that e the, my biggest problem is is that evil appears to be uh, invincible, and that is a major problem with all postmodern horror films. Uh, it it violates a uh, fundamental point of i would call spiritual reality and um the uh the forces of good can be weak misguided and whatever else but they they need to really be there and evil can't be triumphant and at the end of this spoiler alert you know when you you have to you only have two girls surviving and then one gets her head chopped off at the very last scene in the movie it, it's just gratuitous gore and it just brings up the whole all, all what's wrong with this you know the slasher films of the of uh, the 80s and uh, creating what would becomes known as torture porn when you get to things like I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I, I said I didn't feel that way about the original the original I, I I skipped at the time because I I, I was leery uh, of it and um, I actually saw it again in film school uh, a number of years later and uh, I felt it had some real merit now in that um, 
you have a sense that, you know, the, the, I guess the heroine, Sally is her name, uh, that she survives and she is kind of the opposition to Leatherface. And I thought it, it, it caught some of the human dimension of what she was going through rather than just have her there as um, bait to be chopped up by the by the killer. So I, I thought the original and the original has to be looked at in its time period, 1974. America was going through a had just gone through a real time of upheaval. You had the Vietnam War, uh, you had Watergate, you had all the uh, issues of the counterculture, civil rights. So it was a very uncertain time, and I think the movie correctly reflected that. Uh, but the fact that then Sally escapes at the end, uh, and Leatherface is just there throwing his um, Texas chainsaw in the air. Uh, is is a much different ending than in the current one, because that original ending had some had some clear hope, and she was um, an example of of the opposition. And uh, as far back as the most ancient myths, when we're dealing with these fundamental issues, supernatural issues of good and evil, uh, evil cannot be seen as being uh, invincible. I, that that's just fundamentally wrong. Right. So anyway, that that's uh, that's enough for me. Well, Dad, I want to I want to expand on what you're talking about with the original and kind of like the the time period it's set in and, and and the culture around it. But Gwen, jumping over to you, what did you think of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, it was just bad. I actually don't even remember most of it because I think I just pushed it out of my brain. It was just so terrible. Um, but I don't love the franchise anyway to begin with. I didn't like the original. I didn't like the reboot, The Dead. I saw in theaters like whenever that came out. I just never loved the, like, popping out of nowhere and just killing everybody. It works for Scream. It doesn't work for this. It just, like, it always just makes no sense. It's just, like, it's, like, you turn around and then he's just everywhere and just, like, kills everybody. And the storyline was terrible. It was garbage. I hated the Gen Z take on it. I hated everything. I hated everything about it. It didn't make sense that they pulled the lady out of her house if she had the deed to her house. Like, why are the sheriffs doing that? Like, none of that made sense. It just... I don't know. It was it was just trying so hard to be like current and that was so forced. It just didn't work. The party bus and all that with like them all streaming him killing them. Like just I hated it so much. I just I hated it. It was terrible. Did, I hated did it. Leatherface cancel cancel culture? That's the question the movie's asking. <laughs> oh my god, this is so bad. <laughs> well, so so it's worth noting this is technically the ninth movie in this franchise. However, what this movie's trying to do, which I think is what the 2018 Halloween did, but way more successfully, is this is trying to be a direct sequel to the original and almost like negating all the other sequels. But whereas I think the 2018 one did that more thoughtfully and more cleverly, I mean, for starters, you had Jamie Lee Curtis was a constant um, character throughout the whole franchise. So having her be this older character that has lived with this trauma makes sense. But also whether or not you know, we can talk about Halloween in a separate episode, but like, at least in that movie, he's in prison. So you kind of understand why he's been locked up all this time and why she's kind of waited for him to come out. Whereas in this, when they have the Sally character return, it's this whole like, oh, I waited 50 years to find him. Like, well, he's already been here. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I agree, all the Gen Z stuff just felt very trying to be woke, trying to be very forced. But I think I think going back to the original, and I'm kind of with that. I, I actually like the original quite a bit. And I know I know kind of all the things you're saying, Dad, about you know the the post-Vietnam era it's in and then the climate it's in. But it's worth noting that this came out a couple years after 
Night of the Living Dead, which I think maybe, Dad, you could argue was the first kind of major independent horror movie, like really just shot on a shoestring budget. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre was shot for like less than 140000 very much just on location, you know, obviously an unknown cast, like very much just, you know, not a not a Hollywood movie in any way. But I think I think that movie works. And I think looking at it where, OK, in that film, yeah, it's clearly like hippies, all these young kids coming through. And you could say they're coming to this more kind of rural part of the country and, and kind of like exposing this sort of clash of, of, of not just classes, but also of just of just um, of cultures of all that. I think that works. And especially looking because, again, I, I did rewatch the original movie in preparation for this episode. I think looking at that, even in today's era, like in a post Trump America, where we have the far left and the far right who would have this clear misunderstanding of each other. I think the movie kind of has aged very well in that regard. I also rewatched the original, um, and I agree. I think the original is way scarier. Like, it, it's way creepier. So what I don't love about the original, and I get, I get, I understand why it's a classic in terms of horror. I totally understand that. What I don't like about it is I feel like story-wise, they just really didn't go as far as they could have in terms of interest. I just... Again, it's not very interesting to have people show up to a house. You have like four people show up to a house that they have no reason to go up to a house to, let themselves into that house with no real purpose to then just get killed so out of the nowhere. Like it just, it felt too weird. Where it got interesting is once they kidnap the other girl and then they're at the table and like, why is Leatherface dressed as a woman? Like, why? Like, there's so, I had so many questions there where you could go with this, like, weird Ed Gein something, give us something more to understand how crazy this family is. But I feel like they just kind of throw it away for the kind of just, like, quick slashery kills, which I, they they just don't do it. Like, it just, walking into the house and just getting killed just does not do it for me. I felt like it could have been way more thought out in terms of how that all comes about. This is a fundamental problem with the slasher films. Uh, it's it's a general convention in horror films, and and that and a uh, screen really picks this up that people who are threatened uh, go into the threat. In other words, if you hear a, a strange noise in the basement, what do you do? You go down into the basement to see what it is, and of course you get killed. Uh, but that's been a standard in horror films from the very beginning that the victims are all too willing. They're always doing something that. Uh, under normal conditions, nobody would ever want to do. Like go, go see, looking after what's in the shadows and so forth. But the slasher tradition is far worse because it's, it's like people are just lining up to be lining up to be chopped up. That was a phrase not for me, but I remember that at the time. You know, uh, these movies you line up to be chopped up, and uh, it, it's it's just very dis, it's just very disappointing. And it's it's yeah, it I, I think. Uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre works in spite of these drawbacks you talk about, Gwen. They're definitely there in spite of those, whereas the current one just falls into them all. And it's and again, it's what's the point here? Because you can't kill Leatherface. This is, this is a tradition like Michael Myers is always going to let live. You can't kill the evil. Well, no, that's not true. You know, right? 
Well, also, I think what's worth noting, too, that I think is another thing I don't like about the new one is that the original one is actually not that gory. Like, watching it just so recently, it is violent, and there's a lot of sort of, like, suggested violence, but I think the new one ramps up the gore way more to the point where it's almost like Friday the 13th. And I and I think that's an issue I had with the new Halloween kills as well. It's like, you've made the killer just this unstoppable killing machine that can't be stopped, and, it's, yeah, it's just it's just it becomes a blood count, but the original is actually not that it's a lot more suggested violence. And I think that's a lot more effective. Whereas the new one is like, let's just be as splatter gory as possible. And again, it becomes more Friday the 13th, which just makes it way less interesting. Yeah. I am. Uh, I saw it in the late seventies. Well, plus it came out in 1974 and I was out of the country at that point point left that was started my missionary work in Costa Rica and um, so it was I was in grad school in the late 70s and had this professor who was a, a, a tremendous authority on horror and mystery and fantasy suspend all of what we're talking about here with 10 times the terror and I remember him now he said our next film we're going to screen is the um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and uh, the class kind of groaned, like, really, we have to see that? And and he said, well, it has, you know, it has some merit. He was right. It did. And even in that context, we could realize how it was reflecting uh, the uncertainty of the kind of the uh, paranoia, if you will, of, of, of the late 60s, early 70s, where things seemed to be completely out of control. Uh, but it, it, I didn't think it was good. I agree. I don't think it was gratuitous. I think. Um, Leatherface is a threat. He's not just a killing machine. And the time period it came out, like, isn't isn't like the seventies kind of when serial killers even really started to become a thing in America? Like in terms of yeah, yeah there was a, like there was a lot all in the seventies that kind of came out that had this kind of wave of fear or whatever. Yeah, well, Halloween comes in, is in the late seventies. That that gets it off and going, and then you've got. Um, uh, but you've also, in the 70s, you've got The Exorcist, you've got The, um, the Omen. Uh, right, but I mean, I mean, actual, like, serial, like, wasn't Ted Bundy and, like, oh, Ed yeah. Dean, wasn't all that, like, in the 70s? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, probably a little bit, probably a little bit earlier, because, like, Psycho was clearly inspired by Ed Gein, so. But I, I think you're right, one that, like, that was a lot more, like, prominent. I think it was. Serial killer attention. Yeah, it seemed to be touching on all of that a lot. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, seemed to really hone right. in on. Uh, you're right about that. There was uh, there was a Boston Strangler. I think that was in that same period. Right, yeah. And there was a, a serial killer Sam. in Son New York. Sam Son of Sam. Of. Yeah, yeah, Son of Sam. He was New York, right? He yes. Was in... I will say, I agree with both of your points about how, yeah, it's like these kind of dumb kids that are just sort of stumbling into the house. However, the thing that I like about the setting of this movie, and again, I think it's very much showing, you know, these probably East Coast liberal hippies coming to the more rural part of the country. Um, but what I like, too, is I know I've mentioned many times about one of the things I love about Psycho is that to me, Psycho feels like a sort of bridge horror movie between like the classic style and the more kind of modern style. And I feel like that's visually represented in that big Victorian house and the back of this cheap motel off a highway in Arizona, how it's so like unusual and not real. But what I love about this is like, okay, the house itself is so bizarre and gross and weird and disturbing, but from the outside, it just looks like a regular house. And I think that makes it so much scarier. It's like, this feels like a place, this is not Transylvania. This is not some, you know, 
foreign land. This is someplace you would just stumble upon, and then to go inside and see how messed up and weird and gross the whole place is, I think, to me, works. Yeah, I do think, though, that they could have done a better job of somehow luring them all into the house or whatever. True. I will say, too, one... So this is one quote from a from a critic that's on the Criterion website. I'm just going to read a quick blurb. But this, to me, I think sums up uh, what I like about the subtext of the movie and also, again, how I think it's aged well in like sort of like the Trump era that we're in, is that this is from a critic named Robin Wood. They wrote, It was no coincidence that director Toby Hooper chose to portray his film's macabre family of cannibals as former slaughterhouse workers who had been replaced by more modern methods of machinery. Out of work as a result of the callous and morally indifferent logic of capital, the film continues. Pra- the family continues practicing their butchery upon human victims, thus reproducing the rapacious doggy dog conditions of capitalism quite literally. I, I like that. I think that that really gets mm. to what I think the movie is doing well. And I agree, Gwen, that it's not. It's not a very plot-heavy movie. I think it's meant to be a more kind of visceral nightmarish experience and and it's it's kind of intentionally not explaining a lot of things but i think all that subtext is there for you to kind of see what the film is trying to say i agree i think this yeah i think once you really delve into the house and the family it is very creepy and very intriguing like i don't remember when i'd seen it however many years ago i don't remember leatherface like being in drag like i was i was like wait why is he dressed like a woman and like, wh- well, it, I remember, I know, I know before we, uh, before we recorded, you were mentioning like the grandma upstairs. I was paying attention to that part. They go upstairs. The grandma's a corpse. It's just like, yeah, it's like Mrs. She, Bates in the, in the basement. Like she's a corpse. And it's so creepy. And then the, you think it's that both she and the grandfather are just dead, but then the grandfather starts sucking the girl's blood on her face. It's so creepy. Like it's, it's very, very weird and creepy. And I do, I, I found it way creepier. I watched them pretty much back to back the new one and then the the original and it was way creepier to me the original just again like when it's so over the top gory like that i i feel like you just it becomes more like an evil dead or a kill bill or some kind of anime non-realistic it's just too much and it just doesn't even seem serious anymore because black um, comedy it's just sort of a joke yeah yeah it's like a joke and well, actually i would argue the scene at the dinner at the end when they're trying to have the grandpa I almost think that is played for laughs. Like that seems like a very dark. Well, no, I humor. think that no, we're talking about the new one. I feel like the, oh, the new, new one, one yeah. when it, the when because the, the like we said the original is not really that gory. It's very right. creepy and disgusting, and but it's not like a lot of blood splattering gore where the new one exactly. goes so like when he cuts her head off at the end i was just like oh my god like i was just like credits let's go like this is just like well that's the, the thing i hate it too is i feel like the ending is meant to replicate the ending of the original where like it's her driving away screaming while he's waving the chains on the air but it's done so tastelessly like it's so like i love i love the i love the ending of the original because it's like it's the sun coming up and he's just waving the waving the chainsaw and she's screaming her head off and it's like she's escaped but she has this trauma and it's so like visceral whereas yeah the new one i thought was so dumb it was it's trying to replicate that but done so poorly yeah i I think you you really get a sense of her humanity i mean she she's an effective hero heroine i think in, in the original sally I think it's Sally's character's name. And yeah, um, yeah I mean, but it, everything's huge difference that, you know, she she survived. She's escaped, you know, and 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 there's a futility of Leatherface just throwing his uh, waving the Texas chainsaw in the air. If 
you know, another the other film that it reminds me of is The Hills Have Eyes, which yeah. is like about yes, 1972. I was gonna. Well, I thought that came out after. I'm gonna. I I could be wrong. I'm. Uh, I thought it was more in the early 70s because uh, you know in the mid oh, 70s. It's, 19, I'm not, I'm it's not 1977. It's hmm? 1977. Okay. All right. It's directed by Wes Craven, but yeah, I, I think that has a lot of parallels to this movie. Where again, you're showing the the more rural part of the country and and kind of like the more oh, hidden, the, the hidden away evil. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I I would argue the scariest part to me of the original is when she's with the police officer and realizes that he's part of the family because there's that moment yeah. when she sort of escapes and it's like that yeah. kind of relief, like oh she found safety, and then you realize he's part of it too, and it's kind of like. No one, no one is is there to rescue you, and that's 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 like it begins in Rosemary's Baby in earnest, where everybody you meet and every authority figure is corrupt. We're all part of the witches' coven, right? That's- also, another like issue I had: how old is Leatherface in this? Because yeah, right. it like yeah. it's like you're, oh, in the you're new clearly, one, no, no clue. Yeah, you're clearly going off of. Like, you see the kind of the investigation discovery, you know, like, episode about it from the original film, which I kind of liked. But then he's, like, is a picture of him in the orphanage as, like, you know, whatever. And now, I mean, if you're talking about, okay, it was clearly the 70s, they're, like, live streaming in the bus, which has only been relevant in the last, like, in the more recent years of social media. So you're talking about it's literally currently, like, today, today. So is he, like, is like 130? Like, how old is he? Like, it doesn't make it any no sense. sense. Like, but again, I think that goes back to what we were saying before with, like, this new one and same with Halloween. Is like, they turn him into Freddy, or not Freddy, um, Jason from Friday the 13th, where he literally is, like, an unstoppable killing machine. Like, they literally, yeah. they, they literally kill him, and then he comes right back. It's like, in the original, he actually is a person like he's he's at one point like you know the chainsaw like hits his leg and he screams like he's not he's not this impenetrable force and i think that's what these new ones do horribly yeah well that's what scream has done right all this time absolutely like like you have the you have the villain but it's always a different person in a different scenario keeping it more interesting and and you know i would say courtney cox is the redeemer hero both in the original and in the remake uh and they modify that, so that's follows the you know the classic tradition. Also, at least uh, at least in the original, again, we can argue how dumb the characters are, but at least there's some plausibility of like they're going on this road trip. They're they're you know I think they're visiting one of their grandparents' graveside. But in the new one, it's like you have this yeah the most like woke Gen Z liberals, and they're about to come in and be like yeah we're gonna like set up recreate this whole town and add in all these stores. It's like really like yeah. yeah. Like I don't buy it for a second to the point where I'm like I'm rooting for Leatherface to chop you guys up. I know you almost like were so annoyed by them you didn't mind them dying at all. I mean at least the new one has the decency of being 83 minutes, but it's not worth watching. It's not worth watching at all. Don't watch it. It's it, it's not worth watching. It's just a waste. You just you you leave it being annoyed that you wasted all that time. But I mean, Dad, I I would I I would say that Texas the original is definitely one of the more kind of like prominent 70s horror films. I mean, I know Criterion Channel had that whole 70s uh, collection overview this past October. And I I do think it's one of the worth noting 70s horror films. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, the the 70s is a is for me is a problem period for for horror films. But you do have some very positive examples, not 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 least of which is The Wicker Man. 
which picks up a lot of these same kind of things of remote peoples, and, and although that's done in a much more masterful way. Uh, but I, I think the you know, the 70s is still dominated too much by blood and gore, and that, that's the the legacy of the Exorcist. How many how many scenes can we have of uh, this little girl being uh, brutalized? Do, do you think that again, kind of going to what you're saying before about about the the sort of time period and kind of the the sort of climate that the that the country was in do you think having these movies whether it's wicker man or texas chainsaw massacre or hills have i where it is about characters going to a quote-unquote remote area where they're sort of out of their element do you think that is that is very intentional or is that just sort of the trend we were getting into well i think it, it fits the zeitgeist of, of that period that um i think people felt the country was out of control and uh you know, you had you had all you know. You had a president resign, 1974. You had uh, street riots all through the late 60s. Uh, you know, I think you just had the Vietnam War, which was uh, uh, a continuing drain, and then ended in a complete being a complete fiasco. Um, so I, I think the 70s was a very turbulent time uh, in, in in America, and I think these these films reflected some reflect it more knowingly and others just exploit it. But I think the you know, the period is, is definitely there. I mean, the classic horror is still, is still there up until the late 60s, but by the late 60s, you're getting this uh, distraught kind of focus on horror films. Uh, you mentioned Night of the Living Dead, which is definitely the case there. Although again, you know, you have a, you have a hero but um, and and evil is defeated, but at, at a great cost. Uh, you also have Witchfinder General, is is I think a major film in the late '60s with uh, Vincent Price. You know, done by Michael Reeves. Where right, I've seen that one. You, you just have this. Uh, it just ends in this complete uh, spiral of violence, and it's set back in in uh, I think 17th century England in the, the, the witch hunts. Blood from Satan's Claw is another film of that period, uh, which, you know, pick up on. Uh, so there's even by the late 60s, you have this idea that uh, violence is out of control and uh, society is out of control. People just start, you know, you got to figure that 1970, if you pick 1974, uh, you, know, you basically had dealing with you had Kennedy had been. John Kennedy had been assassinated, then Martin Luther King had been assassinated, then Bobby Kennedy had been assassinated. You know, it's just, you know, and um, uh, in Montclair, where you guys all grew up, they said uh, uh, you could see the you could see the flames and even smell the smoke from the riots in Newark. Uh, you know, you're living in that kind of atmosphere, it can be very demoralizing. So it sounds like these movies really reflected all of that yeah i would say they definitely do and reflected like kind of like the chaos of all that and the and the the anger and aggression yeah and i think it 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 starts it raises raising this question about you know can evil be defeated you know it's like it's 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 equivocal in the the exorcist you cast the demon out but you have the two you you only have two two, two priests don't get me started on that it's a whole nother thing of a problem I have that, that was that was that was mainstream before even Jaws became um, uh, a, uh, a a bellwether uh, come uh, you know for a genre film to become 
hugely popular. Uh, I think The Exorcist was their first, uh, and that was a few few years before even Jaws, with the, in that whole concept of having a blockbuster movie. Uh, yeah, it, was, it would normally have been a genre film in the previous era. You know, it's not a blockbuster movie like The Sound of Music. It's a blockbuster movie about uh, some malignant force, whether it's a shark or whether it's um, uh, outright demons. Uh, they're they're throwing everything into uh, into turmoil. But also, I think to further contextualize this, you know, talking about not having a sort of hero at the end or, or evil winning out. I think, as you're saying too, that like in this period, this is after. JFK was assassinated after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. So that's where in real life you're seeing these heroes that are that are dying and so I can and being killed. And so I can see that that sort of frustration of like where's the hero the to sort of counter this evil. I can see how that would be reflected in the films. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Lyndon Johnson never never rose to the to the occasion. Uh, and he just got everybody deeper into Vietnam and, and presided over this, uh, just this chaotic period. Uh, that's not all you can, I mean, I think uh, if you got to pick one, if, if somebody were to ask me, can you some, suggest some cultural expression that really kind of captures the feel of the late 60s and early 70s, I would say it's the Rolling Stones painted black. I think that's how people felt, you know. Although, what was the Stone song that was banned? Uh, Street Fighting Man. Street Fighting Man, okay. But that, that, that's much more equivocal. Well, you know, uh, that that kind of rejects the idea of violence. I mean, it makes, it, it makes a, a more positive statement, really, even though it was banned because, you know, people were banning it and really weren't listening to it. When you hear it in that context, it, it, it makes everything sound much more interesting, you know, looking at it in, um, I guess, like a historical perspective eyes. Agreed. I, I think we've kind of said enough. So to maybe let's have some final thoughts now. Again, I would say if you haven't seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's worth watching. I would not recommend the new one. I think it is a waste of time. I, I don't think they know what to do with this franchise. I think Toby Hooper had an idea for a film. I think he did it well. And they've been trying to mimic that success and have failed almost every time. Yeah. I I think the original is definitely worth watching, especially if you're a horror film fan. I don't even know. You said there was like nine or ten other movies. I've only seen the reboot and this one, and they were both garbage. I don't think it's worth watching any other movies in this. Yeah, I don't even know yeah. how they kept going. Like, actually, I will say I've seen the the direct sequel, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, which is directed by Toby Hooper, and that one is way more of like a comedy almost like an evil dead style so i enjoyed in that regard but like it's definitely not a horror movie but yeah, yeah the, the remake was garbage Glenn, you and i you and i went to see one of one of the actual remakes that was very bad it was very i just remember all i remember is that jessica beale was in it and that was when like seventh heaven was a big thing and it was just like the worst movie ever right <laughs> <laughs> well i would just say ditto to everybody what's been said also like one final thing is i just again talking about how Again, the original is like a, a one of the major, not just horror films, but also independent films. Again, shoestring budget. I love that it's shot on 16 millimeter. It has a real just sort of, the whole movie has a sort of grimy texture to it that I think works to its advantage. I feel like the new one and all the other, you know, the remakes, et cetera, are trying to replicate that aesthetic. But it's so digital and glossy that it just looks so fake. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, I think that is our 
wrap-up of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. One has a the, the other's terrible. Um, all right, that'll be, <laughs> that'll do it for us today. Again, I'm James. I'm Paul. And I'm Gwen. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to It's Ten Times the Terror, the podcast. One of my favorite films ever. <laughs> Let's do that for you. Thank you for listening to Ten Times the Terror. This podcast would not be possible without listeners like you. You can find out more about our podcast by visiting our website, 10timestheterror.com. That's 10xtheterror.com.